Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The first four hours were simply in a moose-bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. Yeah, I'm good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. Why did you look at me like I was an idiot when I asked you what an amuse-bouche was? No, no, that's... That no, I was I was uh, lamenting something else. That's fine. Okay. All right. It is the emerging podcast yes, scene. Yes, we're back. We're back again, Present, folks. Presented by Extend Technologies. Online first, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. Reminding you... That through January 2023, that's right, January 2023, they have 0% financing right now. 0% financing. Not 0.1, not 0.2, not 3.3. 0% financing through January 2023 when you make a purchase by July 18th. That's next month by July 18th. You got 0% financing through January 2023. That's like 18 months, right? It's incredible. It's an incredible offer. We're only 18 months away from January 2023. I got a foot in the grave. It's all coming fast and furious. I told you about something once off air. I was watching old Ernie Anderson commercials because that's um, weird. And uh, Gilardi, the former Gilardi. Mm-hmm. That, not everybody knows that. Um, and if you don't know who Gilardi is, go look up Gilardi because he's a Cleveland treasure. Legend. And Ernie Anderson used to do commercials for Dodge Ram. And he used – and he was – and there was this commercial from, like, 1983. It's like, more galvanized steel in critical areas. And it had a three-way offer. And it was, like, cash back. Da, 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 da. The APR financing on the Dodge Ram in 1983. So was it 22%? It was 11.9 <laughs> financing. And it was so good, they decided to promote it was 11. That's how cheap cars used to be. Yeah. That you could that basically if you had to finance, it was like, well, you're financing a car. It was eleven nine financing on cars. I want to know what was going on in the eighties that everybody in my modest town of Chesterland had like a summer house in Florida or North Carolina. Like, what the hell was going on? We're never going to have that. No, my summer house is my shed. That Ronald Reagan. Let me tell you. You want to turn this into a po- political podcast? Nah. So I did top five Elton John movies. Elton John songs. <laughs> and the top five Elton John songs, sorry. Yeah. And I got crushed online, and I listened to another podcast. I'm not going to say which it is, but it's about a Bill Murray movie. And I want to do top five Bill Murray movies. I was inspired. I go, top five. I love Bill Murray. And you love top fives. Yeah. So I wrote down a quick list because I, I have to go to the filmography just to jog my memory, right? Like, you can't name everything off the top of your head because you're going you're gonna to forget I'm terrible at that. I want to do top my top five favorite Bill Murray movies. 
Meatballs, Caddyshack, Stripes, Ghostbusters, Scrooge, Ghostbusters 2, Kingpin, Rushmore, Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, King, Kingpin has is, is got to be number one. Kingpin is probably number one. But, okay, like where do I put him? Like how do I mix it up here? Because there's plenty of movies here that I haven't seen that he's done recently. Yeah, like Laws of Translation is actually – uh, it's amazing. Kind of, kind of an acting breakthrough. Yes, for him. But do most people list that when they when they think Bill Murray? Do they think that? No, I don't know. I don't think so. It's always going to be Stripes and Ghostbusters, uh, SNL. That's, I kind of want to put Lost in Translation in there mm-hmm. just to give him respect. And then Groundhog Day certainly. Groundhog Day. Oh my is god! I, see, there's always it's, one. It's basically a movie that was just made off his character. That movie doesn't work. If you go with anybody else, I mean, if they went with Fletch, Fletch, if they went with Chevy, Chevy Chase, Chase, I mean, does that work? I don't think no. so. What the problem with with Groundhog Day is that you hear that he was such a nasty person on the set, like it throws you off. Like he, Bill Bill Murray had to come to Jesus moment. Bill oh, he Murray, did. Yeah, Bill Murray became at one point. Bill Murray became a bit full of himself, and he'll admit this free fully. That he had to he had to have come to Jesus moment that you don't treat people like this. Now, what do you think of his antics? Uh, because for the longest time, people have been like, "Oh my God, it's great! We've got Bill Murray coming. We never know what he's going to do." And then he would come in and do something zany, and I felt like everybody was just forced to laugh at whatever zany thing he was doing, and he was always forced to do something zany every single time. That's why I don't think he makes that many public appearances anymore. Like golfing, he yeah. wears the funny hat golfing. Where was he? At? He was at a Cubs game. And mm-hmm. he went on the he went on a radio show in the afternoon at a Cubs game. And he shows up drunk uh, to a lot drunk. of things. Yeah, I, I don't know about Bill. Murray. I, I don't. I don't know, like. I know about Bill Murray, and I know I love Bill Murray. I don't know what if he has to do anything zany. I think Bill Murray can just be himself, right? So if I were going to do top five, Kingpin. I really like Stripes. Do no. goat. Do I have to admit one of the two Ghostbusters? It's such a weird theme. It doesn't really match what's happening in the movie. It took more chances back then. What kind of last name is Winger? They really went for it. John Candy's in that movie? Yeah. How you doing, Eisenhower? Okay, do I have to put both? Ghostbusters in. Yeah, uh, well, no, just the first Ghostbusters. I like Ghostbusters too. I do too, but and that's the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, right? I thought that was the first one. That was the original. No, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man's Ghostbusters too. Oh, well, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. God, I, I can't even think now. You are. I. There is no Dana. There is only Zool. Are you the Keymasters? Ghostbusters one, right? Yeah. Ghostbusters two is that's when. There's like like the, the the Statue of Liberty starts walking or something like that. Isn't that what Ghostbusters Two is? Now we'll be corrected a thousand times over. Well, now let me look it up for crying out loud. But do I do I do I have to leave both of them out because I like both movies? I wanted to, I just want to make sure I'm right because I haven't seen Ghostbusters uh, Ghostbusters Two in a long time. Um, I really like Ghostbusters Two. Ghostbusters Two. I thought that was the building get take, taken over. Right, and he's doing—they're doing children's parties. He's like, he gets sued, and they—they kind of kill the Ghostbusters. Am I wrong? Uh, my favorite Ghostbusters was the one with the women, Leslie Jones. I never saw that one. <laughs> Nobody did. That's not nice. What were they thinking? 
I don't know. It, it, it probably made a lot of money somehow. It probably did. Dana Barrett, Peter's ex-girlfriend, has an infant son named Nosky. Yeah, this is where the woman comes flying. Vigo! Vigo, the Carpathian overlord. Yeah. Okay. That so was number two? This is Yeah, this is Ghostbusters number two. So do I put meatballs in there? Do I have to put it meatballs? It doesn't. For me, it doesn't. What about Caddyshack? He's not. Yeah, he's not really in. He's not. I mean, what's his actual uh, screen well, but time? But it's, it's what kicks him. It, it's what mm-hmm. catapults him. Like, he's in that movie, and people love him in that movie, but he's, if I kill all the golfers, they're going to throw me lock, throw me in jail, lock, yeah. up, lock me away. Do I have to put Caddyshack in there just because? But I'm already putting Lost in Translation in there, isn't I? Which really, I just want to put Royal. You know, it's my list, and I really like Rushmore. You can do whatever Rushmore's you want. about to go in. Yes. I think he's great in Rushmore. I think he's wonderful in Rushmore. Kingpin's number one. Number two. He just dominates the last 20 minutes of Kingpin like no other. Yeah. Number two, Stripes. Number When he does that dance. Mm-hmm. And they're playing it. da 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 and he hits and he like like playing to the crowd. He's got the back brace on, and at the end he's all sweaty and his hair is off to the side. I had a person I used to work with. I couldn't believe they liked the movie. He was much older than me, and you know what I'm talking about. And I can't talk about right now. He and I bonded over Kingpin, the movie yeah. Kingpin, with he and Woody Harrelson. Okay, Kingpin, Stripes, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Two, Rushmore. I'm probably not putting Ghostbusters Two up there. Groundhog Day over Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. Rushmore. Yeah, Boom. So. There it is. Top five. Well, there's the list. Debate it. I got to tweet it out, and then people are going to rip me for it, just like they do every other top five I've ever put out in my life. Uh, do we do we got to talk about whether or not you're going to go see this guy in Tremont coming up here in a minute? We had Dennis Dodd on on the show. Uh, I'm very concerned. You were concerned over two different things. We kind of hashed this out a little bit. I don't know. Did you see that station in, in Boston was dropping F-bombs at each other? Yeah, an Odyssey station. It was a sister station ours. Uh, they were getting a big debate about uh, the college was Tremaine, Tremaine Wiggins. Wiggins. Yeah, Did they started dropping f bombs at each other. Yeah, yeah. Apparently that's okay over there. We why can't do is any that, of that? Why? Why would you get that angry over the NCAA? Uh, it's an easy target. You know, I've heard people. It easy, but that's what it's such an easy target. Why are you drop it? F bombs yeah. with each I've other. I've just heard people go after the NCAA for so long, and I roll my eyes almost ninety eight percent of the time because, yeah, me too. as I've always said. Uh, the NCAA model works for about 97 to 98% of people. It works, and it works big time. And student-athletes, uh, as it was intended, they end up earning their degree, and on a lot of these teams, just ask Dustin Fox, all of them end up successful in life, almost all of them, and they all go back to their experience in college. That doesn't mean they shouldn't get paid or anything like that. I'm just saying – yeah. We act like it's been a horror show for anybody involved with student ath- athletics, and it's like, no, they actually are all pretty happy. They, they actually have a pretty good deal going, most of them. But I, I think that we're able to – But then we wanted to be outraged, so we wanted to cry and be outraged but every step of the way. Cause... I know, I know, and I know, because we, we hear these stories about people coming from very poor backgrounds, mm-hmm. and then they're even poorer somehow in college, and – you know, we, we always say, like, well, we have the opportunity. I had the opportunity to go and work at a Home Depot and make $15 an hour. And it's like, okay, they have the opportunity if they really play, are playing big-time college football. Like, we only hear about the real big players who came from very poor backgrounds. You know what I mean? Like, we hear about Eric Dickerson coming from his grandmother. She had to raise him, like, that whole thing. Like, that's who we hear about. We don't hear about the guys who didn't make it. We never hear those stories. Rarely do we do. Like a Marcus Dupree, and even he made money. Like – 
you don't hear enough about the stories of people who might not have made it, who really got chewed up and spit up. That's why I like, I like Garrett on this stuff when we talked to Garrett, because Garrett blew my mind the first time we talked about it. This was years ago when I met Garrett, because Garrett goes, listen, like, it's not as cut and dry as you get an opportunity. They give you your major. If you're a really good football player and they're paying for your education, they're going to say, okay, we're paying for your school. You're not – you say you want to be a scientist. And you can't go into, you know, yeah. uh, organic chemistry. Yeah, it's not like you're going to make the impossible discipline. You're not going to make your dreams come true. We have to make sure you're eligible, so you're going to take underwater basket weaving. So that part I, I agree with, and I, I do think it's, it's a big – troubling societal problem that we have preached and now we're we're up to 3 million jobs that need to be filled in skilled labor in in the trades and I I think it's a bigger issue where we look at skilled labor where these all these people they were told it was pounded I tell you it was pounded into me from day one you go to college or you are going to be a failure and I just don't think it's true I don't think it's true. Sure. I think college yeah. has its place, and I think there's plenty of great things that college but, can give you. But that's what's been amazing about the NCAA is they really have given so many opportunities to people. They've changed so many lives, and they never get credit for it. it and they get they all they get true. is this rap that they're the big, bad, maniacal, evil presence that's they're, out to ruin uh, everything. Their and it's member like, institutions do. Yeah, and it's like, what are you, what are you talking about? I, I'm telling you, if, if you've ever covered college sports at a Division three level, and you see the thrill of those student-athletes in front of nobody, playing in front of nobody. They love it. They love being a part of something. They love getting an education. And it's not, it might not be free because Division three, but a lot of these kids, they might not get into that school otherwise. It, it is amazing the bad rap that the NCAA gets, and I just think it's easy. Well, I, I think, just think it's are, so easy to I go think, after them. I think they earn it, though. I think they earn See, it. I don't. I don't think they earn it at all. I do. I think because they've, they've been so petty. Well – they earn it because they have to. Because remember, it's not it's not just the NCAA; it's member institutions. So they have to be fair, or in their eyes, fair. And so for them, because if somebody if somebody okay, like when Dennis Dodd was on with us, hear that interview ninety two three the fan dot com. When Dennis Dodd told told us about the guy who was what was he a baseball football player whatever it was yeah showed up in a Joe Montana commercial and he was in a Joe Montana commercial and Joe Montana was in the commercial for five seconds. This guy was in a glancing spot for this for one second. Is that a competitive advantage? Is that something where somebody was a yeah, tattletale about it? It's ridiculous. Tattletale about it. Well, but they have to enforce that law because it's supposed to be, quote, unquote, fair for everybody. Yeah, that's so the then silly the stuff. the reputation is earned because they have to be so petty to do all that to a guy who was in a commercial for one second. Yeah, I'm just saying that the NCAA, if I were to look at it on a pie chart, I'd say – uh, about 90% of what the NCAA is unbelievable and life-changing. 10% is stupid like that. That's just dumb. That's just dumb that you would keep a kid ineligible. And I'm but like, those are the why stories are, we hear about. Well, exactly, which is why I, I get miffed when I hear us lament the 10% when it's like, oh, yeah, but the 90% we're just going to forget about all the um, unbelievable memories, unbelievable opportunities created by the NCAA that wouldn't exist otherwise. My buddy Brett. See, it's it's difficult for me because you're right. The best man at my wedding, my roommate in college. You know I've never lived alone. I've never lived totally alone. Yeah. What I, does that – does that – No, I, I I was the same way. I had so many roommates. Oh, I thought for a second you were going to go, yeah, that sounds about right for you. No. I've never lived alone. My roommate in college, though, he played for Akron's baseball team. When I tell you there were nobody at those games, like I'm being a little bit facetious, but there were like six people at those right. games. He didn't – I don't know if they gave full-ride scholarships. I don't think they did. 
He has Mostly a hell, partials. He has a hell of a lot less debt than I did coming out of college. He had a hell of a lot less debt coming out of college. He had a lot of that taken care of. He was mm-hmm. a good baseball player. And because he stuck with the program for a long time, he was captain three years. I bet you didn't wow. know that. Um, I mean, it's one thing to be a captain one year. It's another thing to be a captain two back years. Back to back to back. Back to back to back Tom mm-hmm. Amansky captaincies of, of the University mm-hmm. of Akron baseball team. That's really saying something. And he had a lot of advantages starting out that – not that I'm crying poor or anything like, but I didn't. Not like things have been good and I've worked really hard, but so has he. But he starts out with an advantage. And the NCAA offers that advantage. College athletics offer that advantage. And if we have to pay all the players, if it just becomes ridiculous, then they're going to start taking those advantages away. They'll take away, take it away from softball. They'll take it away from other sports. And most and people I, don't care until they're, it's they don't their care kids until lo- it's their family. trying to vie for a yep. scholarship. Until it's some kid in their hometown that can't go anymore or is about to go to a school, and then that scholarship, well, we're closing down the program. We're sorry. Because they don't say, hey, in three years we're going to get rid of this program. You better enjoy it. Nope, they do it like in the off season. So it was my forecast that if we're just going to talk about football, I told Dennis Dodd, like, are, are we sure there's not going to be a departure? Like, the Power Five as we know it will all just create their own thing and cut out the Akron's and Kent State's of the world yeah. completely. He disagreed. He didn't think that was going to happen. He thought there'd be more money to go around. I just think – I hope so. I just think – I think they're going to divvy up the more money and try to preserve it for themselves. And they're going to say, well, we're the ones putting this on. We don't need the NCAA. We can become our own new version of the NCAA and have full autonomy over it. That – thing that's a little bit of the reason I'm a little bit afraid of this because I think you're right if we open it up and we prevent amateurism which I am torn because Mm -hmm. I'm a capitalist just like anybody else they should get paid if people are coming out to see you but there's also I know that they will operate as a business and they're not going to operate in the red might happen a year or two they're not going to do that and if just they, saw that this year during yes. the pandemic. And if they don't, if they refuse to do that, then they're going to operate as a business. It takes away those opportunities from other people involved. And you just said it. If they're operating as a business, they're paying everybody. Why should Oklahoma invite in Ball State? Why should Ohio State invite in Youngstown State, invite in Akron, invite in Kent State to play once a year, Bowling Green, whatever it might be? Why should I? When I could go ahead – and now that I have a playoff and I can afford to lose a couple of games, see, I, I got this wrong when they first talked about expanding the playoff. But if I know that I'm going to get in with two losses and I still have my conference championship, even we, we don't know what the Big Ten or the SEC or the ACC is going to look like or anything like that, why, why should I invite you in, pay you a bunch of money, where if I know this loss isn't going to hurt as much, let's go up to First Energy Stadium, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Let's go Let's go to Dallas like they did, Ohio State, TCU. Let's go and make a lot of money together against big-time Power 5 schools. Why do I need to play you? I don't need to play you. I don't yeah, that's need to play the thing, Mercer if that's I'm That's the thing I disagreed with. Dennis said, well, they need these schools to play. And I'm like, I don't think they do. I, I think they, they only do it now as, as tune-ups, warm-ups, but if they eliminated it for everybody and there was no advantage, I think they would all go right to that. There's one savior, though. And that is still the bowl system and bowl eligibility. Because bowling, the bowl system's a giant TV show. ESPN owns a bunch of those bowls, which I didn't even know until a couple of years ago. I, I had no idea about that. ESPN owns a bunch of those bowls. They still want their programming. 
Now, with more, it, just because there's playoffs doesn't mean there's less games. There's still going to be just as many games. There's still programming. Mm-hmm. But what do you do with some of those bowls? Like some of the name bowls might go off, but you're just going to have more games of significance. Because of so, the playoffs. Yeah, so like the Boca Raton Bowl might go away, but you're going to have another playoff game. That might be fine. The GoDaddy.com Bowl, whatever might be, goes away, but you're going to have another playoff game. But I think a lot of those bowls are going to stay. So that might save it where, like Dennis said, Nebraska's so desperate to be bowl eligible that they were willing to kick a major team off their non-conference schedule, invite in Bowling Green just so they could beat them so they could go to a bowl game. And that might end up happening. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're still going to – I think Nebraska, as much as I like Scott Frost, I think Nebraska's going to be struggling again. Every time I wait for that program to turn the corner, they don't. It's it's not going to be Tom Osborne. They thought they could, they could do better than Frank Solich. They couldn't. They thought they could do better than Bo Pelini. They couldn't. And I and you know it's it's all fun and games for Scott Frost. But when you're in Central Florida, and you might not have the type of I'm not sure they're not as stringent as what some of the other ones are. But you can go out there and you can take away players from Florida, and you're in a hotbed of of recruiting, it's got to be much easier to recruit in Orlando, freaking Florida, than it is Lincoln, Nebraska now. Wrong? Yeah. I think uh, I'm right. Easily. So, like, a guy like Scott Frost is going to run into problems. Those teams still need to be bowl eligible. I think Nebraska's still going to be right where they're at. Yeah, I'm, I'm just fascinated. Just to wrap this up, I'm fascinated to see where this goes and how about the confusion right now. Like, right now, and I, I asked Dennis this flat out, like, right now, if I'm a booster, if I own a car dealership down in Columbus, and I want to pay this incoming quarterback, the guy we saw just uh, chucking those balls from his uh, from his side at all yeah. different angles, like Patrick Mahomes and doing it, and he's supposed to come in. Can I give him a hundred thousand right now? Will it be a hundred thousand? Is that too much? Is that too little? Is this a bidding war? And can I do it right now? Like right now, who could stop it? Because the NCAA is effectively feckless yeah. at this point. Yep. Also, uh, I'm getting what about Bob? In the oh, part. you know what? That's a good one. Richard Dreyfus is in that yep. movie. Boy, he had a uh, – he really enjoyed skiing there for a while, that Richard Dreyfus. Mm. You're really going to enjoy your home when Extend Technology yes. stops on by. X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. It's time to make your home dreams come true with Extend Technology and reminding you that no matter the project, big, small, doesn't matter, they're there to take care of you. And when you're looking at what they can do, they're, again, offering 0% financing through January 2023 when you make a purchase – by July 18th. Better than anybody else out there. We're talking lighting design, control, home automation, and motorized shade solutions. If you want your home with your power the way you want it, it's X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. Get with the fine professionals at Extend Technologies. Nick Chubb, how much should we pay him? Well, that's a, that's a quick question to come out of the shoot with. My no, that's goodness. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking to do. Come on. I think they're going to wait, 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 and wait some more. I think they are in no rush to sign. Well, we had Mita Kimes say he was the best back in football today. And he is under their control. He still is under their control. They can then franchise him. They can then franchise him again. And most running backs, they play their way out of a contract uh, because they either get injured, the wear and tear adds up, although they've done a good job of saving him because of Kareem Hunt. But eventually – Kenny, I think they're they're gonna let him, they're gonna let this play out as long as humanly possible, because this is not the same as a quarterback, where we we keep talking about Baker Mayfield, where we know that's gonna be a huge issue in every press conference. I mean, if they don't sign him 
before the start of the season. We're going to hear about it during training camp. We're going to hear about it during preseason. And then once the season starts, let's say the Browns are 5-0 and yeah. and Lamar Jackson is already signed. Uh, the national – Jeremy Fowler will be in there. Aditi yeah. will be in there yeah. and go, Baker, uh, right now you, you are top three in passer rating. Your team is undefeated. You're the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. The odds of you guys going to the Super Bowl, you've, you've, you've now jumped up the charts. Uh, it's just surprising it's you haven't got to tear this team apart. You, you, it will. That, well, I don't know. It'll tre- uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if it'll sabotage the team or anything like that. But it's going to come up. And it may, hey, maybe the Browns are comfortable with that. I don't know. But a running back doesn't get it to that extent. They just don't. Especially someone as soft spoken as he's been. Now, so it needs to be more Trey Young. Needs to do a shimmy. Wouldn't hurt. I don't know what his agents telling him. I have no idea what Nick Chubb. His representation is telling him. That part of Jerry Maguire where Rod Tidwell, you're telling me to dance. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what Nick Chubb can do other than his very best, which is at the tippy top of the NFL. Christian McCaffrey, for his name, stops me from saying Nick Chubb is the best back in the NFL. What about Derrick Henry, too? I mean, there's a Derrick bunch Henry, of good backs. But Derrick, I mean, Derrick Henry's really, really great, man. Their, their offensive line, they took a bit of a hit. Yep. They still – because, you know, they lost Jack Conklin. Jack Conklin played very well for the Browns last year. Their offensive line took a bit of a hit in Tennessee. He had to, he had to carry the ball a ton of times. We're talking almost 700 carries over the last couple of years. I don't think it's necessarily Ray's name recognition. I watched a lot of him. I think he's earned it. Dalvin Cook, I actually think, is underrated, too. I yeah. think fans in Minnesota are actually upset about the lack of conversation about Dalvin Cook. When we talk running backs, Zeke Elliott's always in there, which is infuriating. It was Todd Gurley a few years McCaffrey, ago. Todd Gurley, who's almost out of the NFL. Like He's had a couple of meetings. I don't know if he's signed with anybody. Wow. Um. Kamara, Henry, Christian McCaffrey, and then everybody else is kind of in that other mix. Oh, and Zeke Elliott, and then everybody else is kind of in that other mix. And Zeke Elliott, because he plays for the Cowboys. If Zeke Elliott played for the Falcons, what we think of him right now? Didn't someone just say they, they thought, didn't Warren Sharp say, was it Warren? I want to get it right, that Saquon Barkley is ahead, and it's like, huh? God, I totally huh? forgot about Saquon Barkley. So that's what I mean. That's how, he's been injured two years in a row. That's how underrated Nick Chubb is. Out there, that someone would even say Ezekiel Elliott or Saquon Barkley. You got to help me with this because you're more cerebral in arguments. It's it can be infuriating at times. Infuriating at times. I've gotten to the point where I get annoyed knowing that other people are going to talk running backs. The only people I seem to trust anymore, like that's why the Mina Kimes thing was refreshing. The only people I talk to, I trust to talk about running backs anymore. Are you, me, and our callers? I swear to you, I swear in my children, that's it. Anytime I hear a podcast, like I, and you know this, I, I do listen to Pick Six. Yeah, Will Brinson. Yeah, and, and they did a top. They did a top ten. It's a uh, Will Brinson, John, John, Breach, Bre- John Breach. Breach, and uh, Ryan Wilson. Yeah, and they had a guy who did a top ten list of of current NFL running backs, and Nick Chubb's in there. But even when they mention Nick Chubb, I'll sit there and I'll go, I'll sit there and I'll look at it and go, you really have the stones to sit here and say that he's not a, as explosive as the other running backs? Are you nuts? What does he, yeah. What, like, I, I get that defensive order. What like, is one thing that Nick Chubb doesn't do? I can't think of it. I don't know. But but that's the thing. Remember when I said what I said last week when I was in this shoot and I couldn't even look at you and talk because I kept staring at my phone. I've become one of the psychotic Breathe into the microphone. What are you doing today? Baker fans, but with Nick Chubb. Yeah. I can't. Anybody who Will says we ever anything see, negative about Nick I Chubb, I get it. not even negative, 
not saying he's the greatest running back in the yeah. NFL, I get very angry. Do I get crazy? Uh, I will do the same thing with Miles Garrett. Will the Browns ever have a running back as good as Nick Chubb again? The history of the franchise. That's how good for us to even for, – for you not to make fun of me for issuing yeah. that question. If it was any other team, I'd say you're crazy. Because we've been looking for a running back. Nick Chubb's the best running back we've had since 99, easily. Probably the best running back we've had since Jim Brown yeah. overall. Oh, yeah. Naturally talented. And yeah, Jamal Lewis, we had him, but it was – it was, and he was good in 2007, but he was at the end. Yeah, we had a couple of good ones. At the end of the we road. We had a couple of good ones. I mean, there were there were a couple of guys who could really run. You could see, but they were at the end of their – you know, Ben Tate. Ben yeah. Tate had had it. But you could see how he could move here and there. Uh, Willis McGahee, McGahee, honestly. Yes, McGahee showed flashes. There were other guys that we thought were going to be good that just – Carlos Hyde. Trent, Trent yeah, Richardson. Not so much. Carlos, Carlos was okay. Um, Trent Richardson was, was bad. Who am I thinking of? Oh, Ontario Hardesty. Got oh. hurt. Got hurt. And then, you know, you had Ben Gay, Ruben Drones. Ruben Drones had, Ruben a, nice, Drones, yep. had a nice season. But nobody like Nick Chubb. And there's all these other teams that, all right, they had a running back. That running back's gone. Like DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray's great. Here's Zeke Elliott. And Tiki Barber's great. And, well, Tiki Barber played for a long period of time – or a long time ago. So maybe I'm not – telling the truth about the Giants because I was going to go Saquon Barkley. Who played running back before Saquon Barkley? Oh. Otis Anderson. Okay. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> so, uh, maybe it's a little bit closer than what I thought mm-hmm. it was. I don't know if we're going to find a qu- running back as good as Nick Chubb. I just know I'm getting way too defensive over Nick Chubb. I know I am and I need to stop but just, myself. Uh, like we know, uh, f- even if you think Okay, in this situation, the Browns don't have to worry about how all the other teams wouldn't want to pay a running back because Mike of... is te- okay. Cookie Pie is texting us that he needs a new spot. We're in the middle of the podcast. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> thanks a lot. Well, be, don't be a dummy. We're in the middle of a podcast. Don't be stupid. We're gonna do it right after the podcast. You're gonna get your spot right after the podcast. Cookie so, Pie. So even if we all agree, the fine folks from Extend Technologies are coming in today. Yes, they are. Even if we all agree that it's probably not smart to, to pay running backs in 99.9% of the situations. Obviously, we like Nick Chubb. Yeah. We've had so many great moments with Nick Chubb. The team has kind of turned around uh, in conjunction with, yeah. among other guys, Nick Chubb. Even though we can understand that we don't have to do it right now, and it's not necessarily going to curry bad blood or any of that until it does. And I don't think he's one that's going to make it that way. I, I think he is a guy that's not going to make it a distraction. So I, I think it makes sense. If you're a Browns fan, I, it's not another – other positions we would say we want to have – we want Miles Garrett for the next 10 years, right? We would say that about Miles Garrett. Yeah. We'd say it – most people would say it about Baker Mayfield. Nick Chubb, I don't need a running back for 10 years. It's just a different position. I'm not going to be devastated if he's not here if, five years from now. Because he's reality. probably not going to be as good – unless he's Adrian Peterson – who was able to be good for a long that's, time. That's once. Oh, yeah. and Frank Gore. That's yeah. two out of thousands. Fred Taylor, maybe. There just aren't that fragile, many guys. Well, I can't call him Fragile Freddie. He gets mad about that. Didn't he have a bunch that. of – wait, wasn't he, he had some a good long seasons. time? He had some good seasons. I'm not sure how long he was in the NFL. I thought he had a long career. Anyway. Not Terrell Davis. Yeah. Who's a Hall of Famer and still a great running back. But why one of my favorites. You, one of my favorite Georgia Bulldogs I, ever. I should I, do top five Georgia Bulldogs oh, someday. Well, that's good. They had the Boom. four of them good at one time. If I were to just go outside on Euclid right now and start asking people, hey, do you want Baker for the next 10 years? Yes. Do you want Miles Garrett 10 years? Yes. What about Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb. Would you want your running back for 10 years? I don't think you would, and I think it's because of that they can, they can wait, and they're not going to get killed by the fans. 
Yeah, it's just the, it's the way the NFL goes. I wish it could go any other way. Hey, uh, I know you're going to Chicago in July. You, Possibly, so, yeah. It's still an, it's still up I'm in the still, air? I, I'm still trying to find out because a lot of moving parts, as I like to say. Are we still good for Iowa State? Yes. There's only one thing that could ruin that. What's that? If I if I have a football game to announce. Oh, here we but go. But I don't think this. I will. I don't think I will that week. That's the only problem. Had to throw that in the podcast, didn't you? Yeah. The old ESPN3 coming around. That's the only thing that can screw that up. Boy, that's nice, especially with the big boss next door. Did he approve that? He or? did. Yes, it's been approved. I hope so. I hope so. In writing? Everything's approved. Oh, yeah, okay. we took it to highest levels of corporate. Are we ready for congratulations on all your You success? have it this week. I don't have it. If you can't go to that damn Iowa State game with me, I'm going to lose my mind. I'll know pretty early on. I'm still not staying with you in a hotel room. We'll get to that later. So I got an email here from Dan- from Daniel. Oh, we had the. Open. Oh yeah, we got the open for uh, congratulations on all your success. Please uh, on all your success. Please, Owen, oh, just say that on the air. It doesn't yeah. matter. Are you Sorry. gonna do Go the ahead. open or not? Come on, guys. Let's do the open. All do right. the open. When you need a dear Abby, so you don't end up with a dear John. Congratulations. 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 Congratulations on all your success. Daniel. Can this be our sitcom theme? This does forward. sound like a sitcom This theme. is our sitcom theme. It's Ken and Anthony. I call it Bosom Buddies. They already had a show mm-hmm. that, that way. Hey, Ken slash Lima. I'm a 23-year-old recent college grad who's trying to find his place in the world. I just recently got my first job out of college, sales. Congratulations and, on and, some of your success. And making more money than I ever thought I would. Well, it's nice having the extra cash. I'm already jealous of this I'm kind of lost in the world right now. At every point <laughs> in my life, I've been able to place my identity into whatever organization I was a part of, college, high school, sports, etc. But now that I'm out of school, I'm feeling a little lost. I've needed to work on loving myself for the longest time, but I've had no luck. Hence, why my love life sucks. Mm-hmm. Any advice would be appreciated. Love you boys, and the podcast is great extra content. I'll hang up now and listen. Signed, Daniel. All right. I, I, uh, I have a hundred things right off the top. It is amazing how when you when in high school, okay, you have all your classes set up and you make it through and it's just constant objectives, clear objectives, like you're clearing levels every single time. Got to get through this one. Got to get through this one. And then when you finish high school and you go to college, you're like, I have all this free time. Now you start to develop habits, some good, many bad, and you start to develop more friendships. You have time. You go out a lot more, or if you hadn't been going out in high school, now you're going out and you're, you're, you're getting that summer job, and that leads to relationships. That leads to uh, all sorts of new uh, clicks, and then you start finding out, wow, I'm hanging out with people in college that I wasn't hanging out with in high school, and you start – your circle either goes bigger, bigger, bigger. Mine did. Mine yeah. started to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, and then maybe you'd come home over the summer and you would control it a little bit. Okay, but all along, you're working towards these objectives. Then it sounds like he's reached a level of success he didn't think would come this early. And now he's wondering, what do I do? I, I go to work every day. I come home. Maybe you get a workout in. 
Maybe you're in a softball league. Maybe you're in a bowling league. Maybe you're in a golf league. You're in something. But for whatever reason, that stuff is not really clicking. That stuff doesn't mean as much to him, it sounds like, right now. And 23, you feel like, wait, I'm supposed to work towards something. But he feels like he's already he's already obtained it. That's dangerous at 23, buddy. That's so early. Yeah. That is so early. So Daniel sounds like he's having a bit of a problem, obviously, finding himself and what he wants to be. Now, I've thrown my life into my work, and I don't know if that's a good idea, just because you shouldn't be what your occupation is, right? You should, your person you shouldn't be shouldn't be the You should be much more than just a salesperson here, is mm-hmm. what I'm thinking. Uh, if he's that good of a salesperson, he might want to apply here at, at uh, obviously, <laughs> Cleveland. I, I, I'm not sure how to tackle this. Like, I, it, it's early. Is it too early to join an Elks? Is it too early to join an Eagles club? Because if he's in these leagues, if he's with these people, he's got to have friends from – boy, it's tough. What's his friend situation? Well, it sounds home? like – it just sounds like he has not really continued on with either his high school or his college friends. It sounds like – I don't know if he's moved. I'm not exactly Doing his sure. Own thing? But it, it seems like maybe – and he can correct us uh, if we're wrong. We'll, we'll fix it on the very next episode – but it seems like well, Thursdays when we do congratulations yes. on all your success. So you're going to have to wait a bit. It seems like he's reached a level while all of his buddies maybe are still in grad school mm-hmm. or still are that, that entry level job that just totally sucks. Maybe they've moved all over the country. I had a ton of my friends that just they just yeah. wing in a prayer. They had to move. That's right. And so there's isolation. Maybe he's the one that ended up moving. I'm not sure. It seems like he's very isolated and a few things here. I mean, we do find self-worth and gratification in our jobs. There's nothing wrong with that, especially especially if you're making the amount of money that you want to make. shouldn't be the only thing. No. I no. think that can be very dangerous because if you happen to lose that position, then all of a sudden it's more than a job you lose. It's mm. your self-worth. So you don't ever want to lose your self-worth. I would say, you know, you're 23. The world is your oyster. Find something you think you like and immerse yourself in it. And if that doesn't work, find another thing to immerse yourself in. There's so many things that you could learn about, so many things that you could get into, and it's okay to have multiple habits. There's people, they, they pick home brewing, and they're home brewers for the rest of their life. There are people who collect stamps, and they do that for the rest of their life. I'm not saying, well, just go find a hobby or something. Find something that you truly have passion in. Figure out how good you're at at it. See whether or not you want to spend a, a lot of time with it and whether or not it's something that you want to stick with, an interest you want to stick with for the rest of your life, whether it be golf, whether it be bowling, uh, you know, whether it be hockey. I, I don't know what it might be, yeah. but but there's, there's plenty of interest there. And I think naturally over time you're going to find people who have the same interests. Uh, Liz and I are very different people when it comes to a lot of things. We have a lot of the same sensibilities and we have a lot of the same interests, personal interests. So – I think you meet people that eventually you're going to have that. And don't worry about your love life. You're 23 years old. It's way too early to be worried about your love life. This is a different generation. Your Gen Z is a 23-year-old Gen Z. Oh, I don't even know. I get them all mixed uh, up yeah, right now. Got, uh, Daniel, people are doing it differently now. I got married at 25. I'm the last of those people to get married at 25. Now, I do not – this is going to be weird and morbid. I do not expect – I believe by the time I'm gone, maybe only one of my sons will be, uh, be married. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. Well, it's different. Yeah, the, the, all the stats kind of bear that out. The my life expectancy and everything, I would expect one of my sons to be married. I don't know if I'll see my grandchildren. All right. Well, on that note. It's true. It's I, just the truth of it. Is it not? Yes. I, 
People it, are getting married later. Yeah, it is happening. They're, they're, they're buying they're, houses later. Yes, they're, doing they're, being more, they're being more choosy with their partners mm-hmm. before. Like my dad's age, my dad was 22 when he got married. My dad worked at a bowling alley with my mom. My mom was four years older than him, and it just it was natural. That's what you do, and in a way you go in life. Now it's different. You're choosy. You date longer. You see what it is longer. There's some people who certainly get married in their 20s, and that's perfectly fine. We have more people getting married in their 30s, but I actually, people in their 30s, dating into their but 30s. But I'm, te- I'm telling you, he's got to fix one thing before he gets to the other. I don't think okay. – I don't think – I think one of his biggest problems in finding love is that he doesn't have – uh, the basic circle of friends right now, because I think you have to do that first. I think you have to work on being able to find what you're into. Maybe, maybe he likes that, going out, maybe he doesn't, uh, but I think that needs to come first, and then the opportunities for the second part will come after. But I don't know about the friends from home. That's what makes it so much more important, because if you're going to find new friends, what if you all of a sudden you're with these people for a month and you figure out, I'm not friends with these people. These are bad people. But these people are, yeah. I don't I don't share interest that's with. That's the normal weed out process. And again, I, I'm not sure if uh, if he's into drinking or going out. It's not always about drinking. Pick up a drinking habit. But but it is it is going out. Now we're back open. People are doing those things. That's true. There's also there's also plenty of clubs. If the, if he is into his career as much as he says he is, you know, there are young entrepreneur clubs. There are a lot of those things where people meet and they go to happy hour. And now you're starting to. You're starting to improve your circle, and in improving your circle, that's also, that's especially true. in his field, that is going to help his his actual business side yeah. of things, his professional side of things. And I'm telling you, then the other things start to fall into place. Because I remember when I left and went to my first TV job was in Parkersburg, West Virginia. I went from having this huge circle to now being isolated in an area, not knowing anybody, and just having work friends. And that was that was a little scary at first. That was very scary. So I stayed at home, started watching TV shows. That's not good for anybody. That doesn't help you go out and and flourish the way that you want to do it. I, I'll tell you this, though, and then we'll, we'll get out of here. For Daniel, I would say, maybe Lima disagrees, do not be afraid to ghost people. Okay. Don't be afraid of that. I had a good buddy of mine from high school named Ronnie DeFrancisco. Great guy. All right, saying the full name. You know, I like to say for mm-hmm. full names about my friends from high school. He was one of the groomsmen at my wedding. I have not seen Ronnie. I've been married almost 10 years in August. I'll be married 10 years. I have not seen Ronnie in eight years. Mm-hmm. I haven't spoken directly in Ronnie in probably almost eight years. I would still consider Ronnie one of my very, very, very good friends. I don't think that you need to be t- – if you're in the physical space with one another, that's fine. I don't think you need to be tethered and guilt each other about how often you call each other. It becomes a chore. It becomes a chore. There, there, there is pl- there's, it's, it's okay to check in on one another. That's fine. But you have to understand that the people do – just because they may grow apart physically or they got other things to do – there's people that I haven't spoken to in a long time that I would consider myself still close to. I might not know their day-to-day goings-on, but I would do a lot for that person. And I think that's okay. He told me about that. Ronnie told me. He goes, oh, you're getting married. And I go, yeah. And he goes, well, things are about to change. And at yeah. first I, I was like, no, no, no. And he goes, Kenny, it's okay. That People get married. They go and they do their own thing, and that's fine. Like, he was so cool about it. He's like, go. You're getting married. You have a – like, he's married and he has a wife. I don't. We're, we're friends on Facebook. He doesn't have any kids. Um, he has pets and things like that. And he's a firefighter and a great guy. But he told me, he's like, you're going to move. You'll move from Canton. 
you know, your wife's from Youngstown. Like, he said this to me. But your wife's from Youngstown. You work in Cleveland. Or you, at the time, you're getting a job in Cleveland. He goes, an hour distance, it, it feels like it's a world away. <laughs> you might, might as, as well, well live in Guatemala. Yeah. So he's like, don't worry about it. If we lose touch, do not worry about that. And that that advice has stayed with me. Don't be afraid that if it doesn't work, move on. Don't force it. And with all your friends, I think that if everybody was that open-minded, I think the world would be a much better place with people. Instead of guilting each other into, why don't you call? Well, the phone works both ways, pal. Is that it? Yeah, That's I think it. so. We should have just ended the show right there when I said, the phone works both ways, pal, and hung up the phone. That should have been the end of it. Uh, remember, Extend Technologies, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com, online first. That's where you're going to find the very best selection. That's where you're going to find the very best service. And then get with Tony to get on the ground floor at your next project. Remember, they are offering right now at Extend Technologies, 0% financing through January 2023 when you make a purchase by July 18th. That's coming up in the next month. So you got to be there, Extend Technologies, for all your patio needs, for all your home automation needs, for all your basement needs, 4K, 8K, projection screens, whatever it might be. The wonderful folks at Extend Technologies are going to take care of you. Remember, Carmen at 923thefan.com, Lima at 923thefan.com. If you want your congratulations on all your success, Red, looking for advice. And remember, next Thursday is the next show. I'm out on Tuesday, so we won't have one on Tuesday. We will have one on Thursday, so we'll do back-to-back technically. Congratulations on all your successes. Double up. And my top five Bill Murray movies are coming out here very shortly. So, big thanks to Owen. For Lime, I'm Ken. We'll see. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.